Warning, by the end of this episode, you will enjoy saying Puckwudgie, Puckwudgie, Puckwudgie. My name is Chris, and this is Alien Zoo. Ladies and gentlemen, Alien Zoo is now open. If a toddler was a violent, forest-dwelling asshole, it would be a puckwudgie. Standing at a whopping two to three feet tall, the rambunctious puckwudgie is a small, unknown being from Wampanoag folklore that may be more real than legend suggests. Puckwudgies are said to cause mayhem in the hills and forests of Massachusetts and parts of Delaware. Oh, fellow East Coasters. The word Puckwudgie literally translates to person of the wilderness, suggesting that perhaps this creature could be a type of small, hairy, bipedal cryptid. Not necessarily a Bigfoot-type creature, but perhaps an already known furry animal from the forest walking on its hind legs, maybe? Now, these creatures have some odd claims to fame, including the ability to appear and disappear at will, the ability to perform magic, the power to create fire at will, and they also apparently carry around poison arrows. And here's something strange. It just so happens that puckwudgies, although having a very off-putting appearance, are said to give off a sweet floral aroma. But that could just be the poison darts. You know, like antifreeze. Remember how delicious that used to be before they changed the recipe? Now, I'll be the first to admit, these quote-unquote facts certainly seem to come strictly from the realm of fantasy, but let's look at all aspects of the Puckwudgie before coming to any conclusions. There could be some simple, natural explanation in regards to these claims, but we'll get into those a little bit later. All right, a favorite pastime of the Puckwudgies is, get this, attacking and luring people to their unwanted deaths. You know, I collect movies. Some of their favorite methods to do this is by tipping over canoes in dangerous waters or simply pushing people off mountain cliffs, laughing as they plummet to their deaths. And don't get too excited if a puckwudgie doesn't physically attack you. They are also known to invoke suicide in lost hikers. All right, so why are these dirty smurfs so angry all the time? Now, the Native Americans believe that the best way to stay on a Puckwudgie's good side is to leave them alone. I repeat, leave your local Puckwudgie alone. So where do these little bastards come from and what's with all the human hate? I mean, look, I get it, but why such disdain from the Puckwudgies? Well, it's funny you should ask. Legend claims that the reason these creatures don't like humans is because of the Wampanoag tribe. The Mashpee Wampanoag tribe, also known as the People of the First Light, has inhabited present-day Massachusetts and eastern Rhode Island for more than 12,000 years. And they used to share this space with the Puckwudgies. Now, the humans adored and admired Mashop the Giant, 
who caught whales and lived off the massive land he created, which is now known as Cape Cod. The humans were getting irritated by the Pukwudgies, who were really only trying to help out the humans. So they asked Mashop to quote-unquote relocate the Pukwudgies. Mashop, the giant of a man, threw the Pukwudgies out of the area, unfortunately killing quite a few of them in the process. And let me tell you, those dead Pukwudgies are why modern Pukwudgies have such a gripe with people. Eventually, some of the Pukwudgies made it back to Cape Cod, only more violent with revenge on their tiny minds. They proceeded to kill Mashop's five sons, and from there, realized they got some enjoyment and entertainment from man-killing. Now, if we skin away the folklore, if we just shy away from legend momentarily, maybe we can come up with a few ideas as to what Pukwudgies could be if they are indeed real living creatures. Now, I highly doubt that there are little half-man, half-animal, forest-dwelling weapon experts running amok in the Massachusetts hills, so I think I may have a few ideas on this matter. First of all, the description of half-animal, half-man is interesting. Now, let me ask you, have you ever seen an image of a hairless raccoon? Raccoons average about 28 inches in size, fairly comparable to a puckwudgie. Raccoons are able to move on their hind legs. There are natural causes and diseases that could cause a raccoon to lose all of its fur. Now, I don't know if you've seen a hairless raccoon or not, but they kind of look like a little fat man. And their skin underneath is a tone similar to some humans. If spotted quickly and at a distance, I can absolutely see how a hairless raccoon could be mistaken for a tiny man. And you add that to its wa it walking on its hind legs, which they are known to do, then you've, you've got a really strange looking entity. This form of movement, walking on two legs, is certainly rarer than when they walk on all four, but if you can just imagine a hairless raccoon walking on its back two legs, that's got to be shocking and must mess with your mind a little bit, right? Especially if you don't necessarily know what it is you're looking at at first. And through a thick forest? All right, so we have the tiny hairless raccoon theory. It's a solid one. Another possibility could be a type of mutated or deformed porcupine. Not only are porcupines roughly the same size as a puckwudgie, they also carry around their own arrows, known as quills. And let me tell you, when a porcupine gets up on its hind legs and begins walking, like they're known to do, they have the appearance of a small man wearing a fur, a fur coat with a backpack on. And once again, from a distance, in a thick forest, this could mess with your senses. All right, I'm going to throw this out there, all right? Could puckwudgies be a super-evolved type of East Coast hairless raccoon? Perhaps a small ape-raccoon hybrid capable of fashioning small weapons from items found in the forest? 
I'm not sure, but that would be pretty amazing. All right. While reviewing Pukwudgie information, specifically their height and build, I noticed a few similarities to the Dover Demon of Dover, Massachusetts, which happens to just be over an hour from the area of Cape Cod said to be the original home of the Pukwudgies. So let me ask you this, fellow cryptid fans. Could the Dover Demon be a type of Pukwudgie? Perhaps a nocturnal subspecies? I'd like to think so. And uh, you can check out Alien Zoo Episode 2 for more info on one of my favorite cryptids, the Dover Demon. And uh, you can let me know what you think, if, if you want to. All right, there's one more interesting and entertaining theory involving Pukwudgies and the Lizzie Borden case. You know Lizzie. She chopped up her parents in Fall River, Mass. on August 4th, 1892, some people have thrown out the idea that a pesky Pukwudgie was indeed the real murderer, and Lizzie, being human, was tried for the crimes. And if you don't mind, I, uh, I wrote a little rhyme about this. <clears throat> Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her parents a couple whacks. When she saw what she had done, the Pukwudgie won. Ah, that's just a fun little cryptid poem. So yeah, I think Pukwudgies may be hairless raccoons running amok, inadvertently causing injury, and sometimes death to hikers, blah, blah, blah. Wow. Do you like saying Pukwudgie yet? I know I do. All right, speaking of hairless raccoons, we have a bonus cryptid to cover. That's right, let's travel to New York for a bit and chat about the Montauk Monster. In the humid summer of 2008, an unknown mammal-shaped pile of flesh and bones washed ashore on a beach close to the business district of Montauk, New York. The corpse was discovered by four friends on July 12th at the Ditch Plains Beach, a popular surfing area in East Hampton. One of the women from the group snapped the now-famous photograph of the creature. The color photograph depicted an odd four-legged creature. It was completely hairless and a bit leathery from possible exposure from the sun. It had a thin, hairless tail, abnormally long fingers on its front arms, no ears, and a strange beak-like snout. Now this beak which is one of the most interesting parts of the creature, could have just been part of its upper jaw protruding out of the flesh due to decomposition. However, the rest of the body seems fairly untouched by decomposition, although the body seems, in my opinion, to be a little bit bloated. But that could have been from however long it was in the water for. This cryptid corpse has caused quite a stir in the cryptozoological field. There are a handful of theories being tossed around in regards to what this thing really is. And here are a few of those theories. Now, initial reports included speculation that the Montauk monster wasn't anything more than a turtle that has been ripped from its shell. But anyone with two working eyes can see that this is absolutely ridiculous. Not only because turtle shells are fused to the animal's spine, but also because this doesn't look anything like a goddamn turtle. 
Plus, turtles don't have fur or teeth. Idiots. No, 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 not, not the turtles. I love turtles. Quote-unquote experts were also quick to label this creature a hoax, which seem ridiculous because there, there it is, in the photo. You can see there's an actual corpse of some sort of animal, so how can that be faked? Okay. Other popular theories include, one, the raccoon theory. If you look at a raccoon body, you can see that the legs of the Montauk monster are a bit too long in proportion to the body. So in my opinion, a raccoon is probably not the culprit. Maybe it's some sort of rodent. This theory is unlikely because rodents have very distinct front incisor teeth, which this dead cryptid does not. Next. Maybe this is a dog or some sort of canine? I will admit, upon first look, this corpse is quite dog-like. It is. However, upon closer inspection, the ridges near its eyes and its odd fingers don't match those of a canine. So that's that. Now, what about a sheep? Well, if you shave a sheep, I can see how this could be a promising theory, but there's one pretty large problem. Sheep don't have sharp teeth, like the Montauk Monster does. So here we are at a standstill. We've gone over a few options as to what this could possibly be, but each of those theories are somewhat riddled with holes. Now let me ask you this. Perhaps the Montauk Monster is a man-made beast. Huh? What do you think about that? Something not of this natural world. This is an interesting thought because it just so happens that not far from Montauk is a small island called Plum Island. And Plum Island is the home to the Plum Island Animal Disease Center. This center has a bit of a reputation when it comes to conspiracies. Whether it's stories of animal experiments gone wrong, or the somewhat real tale of how Plum Island created a strain of Lyme disease, this place is an epicenter for strangeness. Plus, it doesn't help that it's so extremely secretive. If you look carefully at the photograph of the Montauk monster, you can see a sort of strap or tether around the creature's front right arm. This has caused some individuals, including myself, to speculate the possibility that perhaps this creature is an escapee from Plum Island, an experiment that made a break from captivity only to be taken by the angry ocean. The skin on the body looks as if it's bruised or sunburned, or maybe even just burned, by a possible escape attempt? Maybe. I don't necessarily fully believe that the Montauk monster is an experiment, but how cool would it be if it was? Oh man, so cool. And I will end with this. In December of 2019, a buddy of mine took me to the beaches of Montauk. I kept my eyes peeled looking for any indication that this creature may have been native to the area. I found nothing. Alright then, well... I hope you enjoyed this episode. Pukwudgies and a cryptid corpse. Not too bad for a weekday. 
It's like skipping dinner and having two desserts. Anyways, I certainly appreciate you listening and liking and subscribing to this podcast. Alien Zoo is uh, on Instagram and Facebook. You can follow us there. You can listen to us on iTunes and Spotify. And remember, if you have a cryptid story, any cryptid story, it doesn't have to be recent, please, for the love of Mother Cryptid, send it to alienzoopodcast at gmail.com. I really need a daily intake of cryptids. I really, really do. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. My name is Chris, and until next cryptid, goodbye. (laughs) 